I'm excited to be here this morning. If you have your Bibles, go to Luke chapter 23 today. Luke chapter number 23. We're going to look from verse 32 to 43 this morning. And uh, several weeks ago, we started a summer series uh, talking about meetings with the Master and uh, the difference that Jesus Christ makes. Aren't you thankful that we have a God in heaven who loves us? Uh, this morning, I, I, I'm grateful. I was studying this week, looking at this encounter, and, uh, and I was so grateful to God that God's grace is greater than all of my sin. The Bible says in Romans chapter number five, verse number 20, the law came in so that the transgression would increase. Not that we would commit it more, but that we would become fully aware of our sinful state. And so he says the law came in so that the transgression would increase, but where sin increased, grace abounded all the more. And I'm grateful today that his grace is greater than all of my sin. Do you believe that this morning? I'm glad two of you do. Uh, his grace is greater than all of our sin. So, so I was looking at this passage this week, and, uh, and, and, I, and I went back. I reverted in time and thought back to my days in college. When I was in college here at Florida State in January of 1989, uh, I remember when Ted Bundy, the serial killer, uh, was uh, executed uh, while I was in school here in Tallahassee. And if you know the story, he killed some at least 28 girls along the way. And, uh, and, and on his execution day, uh, we, there were, you know, restaurants in town that were serving Bundy fries. You know, that's what they, that's what they, that was like the joke or whatever. Uh, but at the end of the day, at the end of the day, everybody said justice was served, right? Justice was served. And, uh, and, and, and I read later, I read <clears throat> that Ted Bundy uh, actually met with Dr. James Dobson, a focus on the family. And uh, Dr. Dobson, while he was on death row, Ted Bundy, uh, he spoke with him about the dangers of pornography. Uh, because if you follow his story, that's what started his downward spiral into becoming ultimately a serial killer. And, uh, and, so, and so, you know, even today, and, and let me just stop right there because a lot of times we say, it's not a big deal, it is a big deal. Uh, uh, that's where it began for him. So he did this, he did this interview on, uh, on, on the dangers of pornography. And, uh, and, then, and then what happened was through the conversation, uh, it is reported that Ted Bundy actually cried out to God for forgiveness and repented of his sin. And, uh, and so, so later, just recently, in fact, I had somebody that came to me with the article, and uh, I was aware of the article, and they asked this question. The question they asked of me, they said, do you believe that Ted Bundy is in heaven uh, today? To which I respond, I believe that if a man genuinely repents of his sin and calls on the name of Jesus Christ, that his grace is greater than all of my sin. And uh, so today I cannot tell you definitely where his heart was in the midst of their conversation. But let me do say this, that when you're talking about heaven, there are violent criminals that were convicted that are there. 
And today's story happens to be one of them. Now, as we move through the text this morning, uh, it's, it's, not, it's not my hope and desire to magnify uh, uh, the sin, but rather to glorify the Savior, that his grace is greater than all of my sin. But I will say this, going into the message today, I believe one of the struggles that we have is this. I see that Ted Bundy was a guilty man and he deserves to die. And by the way, I do, I do support capital punishment. That being said, that being, there's consequences to actions. That's not what I'm suggesting this morning. But let me just say this. <clears throat> I can see where others deserve to be damned to hell, but not me. He deserves it, but not me. When the fact of the matter is, I deserve it too. I deserve it too. And God help us today just to see sin as God sees sin. He takes sin very seriously. Luke chapter 23, watch the story, 32 and following. The Bible says, <clears throat> two others also who were criminals were being led away to be put to death with him. Now when they came to the place called the skull there, they crucified him and the criminals, one on his right and the other one on his left. But Jesus was saying, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they're doing. And they cast lots, dividing up his garments among themselves. And the people stood by looking on, <clears throat> and even the rulers were sneering at him, saying, he saved others. Let him save himself if this is the Christ of God, his chosen one. And the soldiers, they also mocked him, coming up to him, offering him sour wine and saying, if you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. Verse 38, now there was also an inscription above him, this is the king of the Jews. This is where we'll focus the rest of our time. One of the criminals who were hanged there was hurling abuse at him saying, are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. But the other one answered and rebuking him said, do you not even fear God? Since you're under the same sentence of condemnation, and we indeed are suffering justly, for we are receiving what we deserve for our deeds, but this man has done nothing wrong. And he was saying, Jesus, remember me when you come in your kingdom. Jesus, he said to him, truly, I say to you today, you shall be with me in paradise. This morning, it's interesting when you look at this scene, one of the most intense scenes, I think, in all of Scripture. And uh, this morning, as we look at it, what we're going to do is look at two things. Number one, we're going to look at the requests of the criminals, uh, the requests of the criminals, and then the response of Christ. Uh, you know, this whole scene is actually <clears throat> uh, a fulfillment of prophecy. When you're talking about the Lord Jesus Christ, the way he died, how he died, where he died, uh, <clears throat> there was prophetical words. In fact, not, uh, not to be exhaustive, but let me just give you one verse, Isaiah 53 and verse number 12. The Bible says it like this, and this was, by the way, long before uh, the Romans were in control and uh, they were using their form of, of death and execution by crucifixion, and yet it was still prophesied some 750 years before the Lord Jesus Christ came and was crucified that the Bible says, therefore I will allot him, talking about Jesus, a portion with 
with the great. And he will divide the booty with the strong uh, because he poured out himself to death and he was numbered with the transgressors. Yet he himself bore the sin of many and interceded for the transgressors. And that's the scene that we have being played out for us today. Now these were two criminals and the Bible says, first of all, there was one on the right hand and these two criminals, they responded and they requested two different things. First of all, when you're talking about this word for criminals, this word for criminals uh, does not mean, a lot of times we look at these two and we say, oh, <clears throat> maybe there was some kind of a cat burglar. We're not talking about a cat burglar that came in and robbed the house while the family was away. We're talking about men who, who the word literally means were violent criminals. In fact, what they would do is they were simply thugs that would overcome people, beat them, leave them for dead if necessary. They were violent people that hurt people along the way. So we're not talking about innocent people here. We're talking about people that deserved, in fact, their consequences to their actions was ultimately execution by crucifixion. And so here they are on the cross and each one of them made different requests. It's interesting when I was thinking about uh, this story, I have a lot of thoughts when I'm reading through scripture and looking at these stories. I wondered, uh, uh, I wondered about these two because of the different responses and where they were coming from. I wondered, number one, did they know each other uh, back in the criminal days? Did they know each other uh, along the way? Were they, in fact, friends? I, I, I don't know. The Scripture doesn't tell us that. However, the two different responses, oftentimes it's like, man, I, I see where sometimes people struggle because of the friends that they make. In fact, the Bible says, listen to this one, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse number 33, and the Bible says it like this, Do not be deceived. Bad company corrupts good morals. And so be careful how you choose your friends. Who you hang with is a big deal. Now these two were, again, exposed to the same things. They experienced the th same things, and yet they responded in different ways to God's grace. And, and, and you know, it's interesting. I was thinking about these two different requests that are made, and we're going to get there in just a minute. But I was thinking about what happens every single week when we gather together in a church service just like this one, where, where people are exposed to the same Jesus, hear the same gospel, and yet there's different responses by different people. And that's exactly what's going on in the story. The first one uh, was a man that he responded and he requested, he said, hey, Here's my request. I simply want to live a life without consequence. I want to do whatever I want to do, whenever I want to do it, but I want to be free from consequence. You see what he said when he was hurling insults at the Lord Jesus Christ? He said, hey, you are the Christ. If you, if you are the Christ, why don't you save yourself? And by the way, while you're at it, why don't you go ahead and save us too? So all he, all he was looking for was life without consequence. I want to be able to do whatever I want to do, whenever I want to do it, without any consequence. And that's just not how it works. And when you look at what's happening in this text of Scripture, you can hear the voice of the devil because you have the Romans that are sneering and jeering at the Lord Jesus Christ. You have the religious crowd who were also hurling insults at him. The rest of the rabble were there, and they were hurling insults at the Lord Jesus Christ while he was on the cross. <clears throat> you are to Christ. Why don't you save yourself? if you are who you say you really are. <clears throat> you know, when we're talking about this first man uh, who eventually died that day, just a few moments later, 
he's really a lot like a lot of folks today. I mean, I, I want to be able to do whatever I want to do whenever I want to do it without consequence. In fact, in fact, what happens oftentimes in church, here's what happens oftentimes in church, and you've probably heard it said this way. There, there are people that come to church week after week after week after week after week, and all week long, we basically do whatever we want to do, live like hell. So are wild oats. I mean, I mean that's, that's, that's the motto. Hey, you only live once. You're only young once. Go out and sow your wild oats while you can. And so we sow our wild oats for six days. Come here and pray that, God, may we have crop failure. I don't want the consequences. I want a good life. I want to do it my way, but life without consequence. And that's what he was calling out. He said, hey, just set me free. And it just doesn't work that way. In fact, all of us, every single person in here has an appointment on the books where you will stand before a holy God. Be ready. Be ready for that day. The first man died a few moments later, and he died in his sin. The second man on the cross. <clears throat> the story goes on, verse number 40 and following, and it says it like this. <clears throat> but the other answered and rebuking him said, Do you not even fear God, since you're under the same sentence of condemnation? And we're suffering justly for what we are receiving what we deserve for our deeds. But this man has done no wrong. And then he said, Jesus, will you remember me in your kingdom? <clears throat> you know, the Bible tells us in Romans 6, 23, the wages of sin is death. In other words, in other words the payment uh, that we deserve because all have sinned, but the payment that we deserve is death, eternal separation from God. But the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ, the free gift. I'm grateful for that. The second criminal there on the cross, he didn't say, I want a life without consequence. He said, hey, I want life with Christ. That was his cry. I want life with Christ. Remember me. I want life with you. You know, it's interesting when you look at the story and you put the gospel accounts together, you will find that even this second criminal, he started out just as sorry as the first. He really did. In fact, the Bible says it like this, Matthew chapter number 27, verses number 42 and following. <clears throat> Here's the scene as it unfolded. He saved others. He can't save himself. He's the king of Israel. Let him now come down from the cross, and we will believe in him. He trusts in God. Let him rescue him now, if he delights in him. For he said, I'm the son of God. Verse 44, the robbers, both of them. The robbers who had been crucified with him were also insulting him with the same words. But you know what's interesting? Something happened to this man on the left. Something happened to the man on the left. In fact, 
You know, it's interesting. Nobody else knew it around him, but there was something happening in his heart. And we don't know exactly how it went down, but I can't help but think <clears throat> possibly the Bible says Jesus didn't just say it one time. Sometimes we say, he said, forgive them for they know not what they do. Well, it wasn't just one time. If you look at the verbiage, what is used there, he continued to say, Father, forgive them. Father, forgive them. To those that were driving the nails into his hands, Father, forgive them. For those that were spitting in his face, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And I can't help but wonder, did that criminal on the cross think, if he can forgive others, perhaps he can forgive me. I don't know what it was, but all I do know is that a change took place in his heart. And you know, it's interesting because just as it happened for him, it happens in churches just like this where there are people, crowds of people. But God moves in the hearts of individuals. That's what happens. It, 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 you, you may be here today and say, man, it's like God's speaking to me. I wonder, does everybody else hear it? Maybe not. But when God speaks to your heart, he speaks loudly and clearly. And this man heard the voice of God. He saw Jesus up close and personal. Verse number 40, he said, don't you even fear God? To the other criminal on the cross. While the world laughs at God and mocks God, <clears throat> In fact, I would say we're at an all-time low when it comes to our mockery of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. When you watch something on television, when's the last time you ever saw a Christian portrayed as someone with some sound wisdom and godly character, loving heart? That's normally not how you and I are portrayed. But hey, they mock Jesus too. They mock Jesus too. Don't you even fear God? And the fact of the matter is, even people in the church have lost their fear of God. Jesus said, Matthew chapter 10, verse number 28. He said it like this, Matthew chapter 10, verse number 28. Do not fear those who kill the body, but are unable to kill the soul, but rather fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Do you know, people need to know that there are eternal consequences to the decisions that we make in life, that we are born in sin. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, the Bible says. Romans 3.23, Romans 6.23, the wages of our sin is death. There ought to be a fear of God. People ought to know that you will go 
to hell. It's interesting because, you know, a lot of times what happens to us, and, and in fact, some of you might have even heard uh, uh, that, you know, it, it's not cool when the preacher talks about hell. It's really not cool if you do a drama and you, and, and you put hell out there so that people might understand that there are consequences to the decisions that you make. A lot of preachers just using Fear as a motivating factor. You know, we, we use fear as a motivating factor. We do that. And I wouldn't apologize for that. Jesus said you ought to fear God. There is eternal consequences. And hell is hot and eternity is too long not to share the truth of the gospel. And the fact of the matter is we deserve to go to hell forever. But I'm thankful that we have a God that loves us enough to lay down his life, paying the price for your sin and my sin, that we're saved by grace. I'm grateful to God for that. But we do need to know that there are eternal consequences to our actions in a place called hell. You know, it's interesting because you talk about, you talk about, we don't, we don't complain. We don't complain when the medical profession uh, uh, shows lungs of a smoker. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so these old black shriveled up lungs that can't breathe anymore. We say, don't smoke. Hey, I'm grateful for that fear. Thanks for the warning. When mad, mothers against drunk drivers have a car that's been totaled and smashed because of drunk driving. Now, I'm thankful for the note that's realistic, that just talks about the consequences ultimately, using a little fear factor. There's nothing wrong with fear factor. In fact, this morning, if you're not afraid of God, you ought to be. You ought to be. Fear, not afraid but fear. There's a difference between being afraid and being fearful. I'm not afraid of God. I trust him. I fear God. It's kind of like this. I've, I heard an illustration and it made sense to me. It's kind of like an electrician when he goes to work. He's not afraid of electricity. In other words, he, he, he doesn't lay down at night paranoid because tomorrow morning I got to go and connect wires. He, he's not afraid, but he fears electricity. Why? Because he recognizes the danger. And Jesus said, you ought to fear the one who can destroy both the body and the soul in hell. To fear. You know, <clears throat> in the second criminal's response and request that he makes of Jesus, first of all, he calls the other man out. He said, don't you even fear God? And then he gives us basically what we would call the ABCs of salvation, the ABCs of salvation. You know what he said? We're hanging here because we deserve it. You know what that is? Vacation Bible School? Hey, <laughs> admit to God I'm a sinner, right? The ABCs of salvation. Admit to God that I'm a sinner. You know what the problem is with, 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 with many people in the church is this. <clears throat> We don't really understand the depravity of our hearts. Do you know God said your heart is desperately wicked? That's what he says. We, we don't understand the depravity of our heart. In fact, in fact, very few people, I believe, would say, I'm so bad that that I deserve to be damned to hell. But that's, that's what Scripture says. 
God, help us get to that point to see our own depravity. It's easy to look at somebody else. It's easy to look at Ted Bundy and say, oh, he deserves to go to hell forever. He killed 28 girls. Do you, do you, remember, do you remember Jesus' message in Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7? It's called the Sermon on the Mount. Do you remember that? In the Sermon on the Mount, let me just read a couple of verses to you from his sermon that he preached. Matthew chapter number 5. Listen to what he said, verse 21 and 22. You've heard that the ancients were told, you shall not commit murder. And whoever commits murder shall be liable to the court. But I say to you, everyone who is angry with his brother shall be guilty before the court. Whoever says to his brother, you good for nothing, shall be guilty before the Supreme Court. And whoever says you fool shall be guilty enough to go into the fiery hell. See, I, I've never killed anybody. Let me just ask a question. Have you ever been guilty of homicide of the heart? How many times? 27? Maybe more. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And yet, while we were sinners, Christ demonstrated his great love for you and for me and that he shed his blood on the cross, paying the price, the consequence, what I deserved, what I owe. He paid completely. Aren't you thankful, again, for his grace? This morning, I was thinking about this story, and, and, and I don't want to get you too far distracted there, but let me just ask a question. <clears throat> In fact, let me just make a statement, because I don't want to ask a question. Let me just make a statement. Do you think that if this morning we had our PowerPoint set up with your life story on it, and we included your heart, the sin. And we said, here, here, here he is, here he is, here he is. Hey, let's just talk the sin side. Here it is. If, if you're visiting, we won't do that to you. <laughs> but if we did it, if we did it, I'd imagine, I'd imagine that the rest of the body would say, man, that, that turkey sure doesn't deserve to go to heaven. I know, I know that would be true if it were me. If you put my story up there and my sin up there, y'all would say he ought never preach another sermon again. Adrian Rogers made this statement back when he was living. So churches have become glorified country clubs with steeples on top because they're filled with baptized pagans who have never confessed before Almighty that they're at sinners. Admit to God, I'm a sinner. B, believe that he is the Christ. He has done nothing wrong. In verse number 41, 
the thief. He is sinless. He is Jesus. Believe. First Peter chapter number one, the Bible says it like this. First Peter chapter number one, verse 18 and 19, the Bible says, <clears throat> knowing that you were not redeemed with perishable things like silver or gold from your futile way of life inherited from your forefathers, but with precious blood as of a lamb unblemished and spotless, the, the blood of Christ, the spotless Lamb of God, slain from before the foundations of the world. Ephesians 1, verse 7 says, In Him, talking about Jesus, we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of His grace. <clears throat> Confessing Jesus is Lord. To confess that Jesus is Lord. Verse number 42, he said it like this. He said, hey, I want to be a part of your kingdom. I want to be a part of your kingdom. You know, the Bible says in Romans 10, verses 9 and 10, that if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, believe in our hearts God raised him from the dead, and you shall be saved. And I think one of the struggles we have is this. <clears throat> Listen. The thief said, I want to be part of your kingdom. You know what he's saying in that statement? You're Lord. It's your kingdom. And I think here's, here's, here's what happens. Listen. Today, we say, Jesus, I want you to be a part of my kingdom. And there's a big difference. There's a big difference. I want you to bless me. I want to go to heaven. But I'm Lord. And it's not about adding him to my kingdom. It's about saying, I want to be a part of your kingdom. You are Lord. You are God. And I surrender to you today. And that thief was saved. I mean, it, it, it was a simple cry. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You know, some people struggle with the simplicity of the gospel of Jesus Christ. When you look at this story, uh, some people struggle with the simplicity of the gospel. It's kind of like the man I heard about that called information and said, hey, what's the number to 911? <laughs> it's, it's too easy. Some people struggle with the simplicity of the gospel, but the fact of the matter is, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You know what this refutes? You know what this refutes? Oh, it refutes so many things. I'll tell you what it does for us is it lets us know that Ephesians 2 in verses number 8 and 9, for we are saved by grace through faith, not by works. It's not about our boasting and our arrogance, but it's completely by his gift. We're saved by grace through faith alone, period. It refutes, it refutes, hey, listen, I gotta be baptized. I don't think that the Romans took the dude off the cross and said, hey, let's go baptize you before you die. It didn't happen. Let me go join the church. No, it's not about church membership. Hey, let me read my Bible a little bit before I die. No, it's not about reading your Bible. Hey, 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 let me go on a mission trip. It's, it's, you, can, you can go on mission trips 
But that doesn't save. Hey, hey, I'm not throwing those things out to say the bad things. If I'm saved, I ought to. <laughs> I ought to be baptized. I ought to want to be a church member. I ought to want to obey. Why? Because I'm entering into his kingdom. You are Lord. You call the shots. You are my king. So the first man, the first man, he died in his sin. The second man, he died to his sin. There's a difference. There's a difference. And you know who made the difference? <laughs> the third man. Aren't you thankful for the man in the middle? The Bible says in verse number 43, here's the response of Jesus. Jesus said to him, truly, or amen, I say to you, today you shall be with me in paradise. Today you shall be with me in paradise. Aren't you thankful for the grace of God? You know, again, when you're looking at this scene as it unfolds, this also the response of Jesus Christ refutes soul sleep, if you're familiar with soul sleep, ideology. You know what that is? You die, you go to the grave, you stay there till one day later. Purgatory. No such thing as purgatory. Today, 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 you will be with me in paradise. That's, that's what happens when you die immediately you're with Jesus if you are saved. The Bible says it like this in 2 Corinthians, <clears throat> over in 2 Corinthians chapter number 5, verses 6 through 8. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 6 through 8. Therefore, being always of good courage and knowing that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. For we walk by faith and not by sight. We are of good courage, I say, and prefer rather to be absent from the body and to be at home with the Lord. The first man died in his sin. The second man died to his sin. And the third man died for your sin and theirs. Aren't you thankful for his goodness? Hey, this morning, the question is not whether or not you or I are guilty. The fact of the matter is, we're all guilty. We're all guilty. All have sinned and fallen short of glory. But the question then for each of us is, which man are you today? Which criminal are you today? Are you still in your sin? Or have you died to your sin? Jesus makes all the difference in the world. This morning, it's, it's not about, hey, it, it is not today. It is not at all about magnifying the sins of anybody, but rather just simply saying, his grace is greater than all of my sin. And that is good news. You know, we sing songs, and sometimes I just wonder, do we really know what we're singing? kind of go through the motions. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound.
saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. If you've never called on his name, God loves you. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, and whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. He came into the world not to condemn you, but to save you from your sin. Which criminal are you? Would you pray with me today? This morning we're going to pray, and after we pray, we'll sing a song. And when the song is finished this morning, we're going to wait for you today. Maybe you're here today and, and, and you would say, you know what, I have never been born again. And today, I want Jesus to be my Lord. I want to be a part of his kingdom. And I want him to be my Lord and my Savior. If that's the desire of your heart, you come this morning. We want to talk with you, pray with you, encourage you in your journey. We'll sing. After we sing, you come. You come. Brothers and sisters, this morning, won't you take a moment as you're praying just to say, thank you, Jesus, for the cross. Oh, thank you that you took my consequence and you paid my debt so that I might have life. We're thankful, God. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your amazing grace. And God, today I pray for those that are here, whether they're in this building or online. Father, if they're lost, they've never been saved. God, your Holy Spirit, awaken them. Jesus, oh God, Give us your eyes. Lord Jesus, thank you for your goodness. Thank you for this moment. It's in your name that we pray. Amen.